Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host, Tom Kui here. We are back yet again. I appreciate the gaps are growing longer, like Metallica releases, you know, uh, the, the, cl- the lacunas are widening, but but still we're here, still we're doing Metallica content, and I'm sure you've seen the Tyler's episode, I'm sure you're thinking, Tom, Metallica and wordplay, Metallica and puns, like, the, the sum, like, I know about cunning stunts, and, you know, I remember, we'll discuss that in the, sh- in the show as we're coming up, I remember d- as a 14-year-old working out quite what that meant, and being shocked, being stunned, but we, we will get to that, but, um, you know, uh, after we've done all the songs, as we've always done, go back through the archives, check out all the, all the old episodes, I just enjoy talking about the band in different directions, you know, going through different paradigms, having people on the show, uh, maybe that I've spoken to on other shows that, that I know, you know, have the same love of the band as I do, and just kind of getting into it from that direction, and today is no different, and just before I introduce the guest and the subject, follow us at MetallicaPod on Twitter, hit me up, MetallicaPod at gmail.com, if you want to come on the show and discuss something, there's still there's still so many things we haven't covered on the show. I'm ashamed of myself that we haven't done a Some Kind of Monster episode. I don't really know why I haven't done it. It's like my white whale. Like, for some reason, I've covered all the bloody doodles on the European tour, but I haven't done the uh, the Some Kind of Monster film. But, you know, we're going to get there. We're going to cover various other things as well. Um, check us out on Spotify. Check us out on iTunes. Please leave a review on iTunes. Check out all the reviews people have left. Tell a friend about the show. Uh, you know, hop over onto, um, well, I was going to say our YouTube channel, but that got taken down quite a while ago i'm not quite sure why and youtube's not responding to me there but um patreon is there as well um and just you know go back through listen to all the odd episodes we've been doing this show for a long time now and uh, it, it's been a joy it continues to be a joy so today you know um is quite a special episode for me really i'm really happy that this has came together because as you know i do quite a few other podcasts i'm kind of addicted to the form really um i actually started a new podcast about two or three, well, technically about six months ago, but I picked it back up about two or three weeks ago. Uh, it's about the royal family. I don't know if any, not, not, you know, um, Elizabeth Regina and Prince Charles and stuff, but the fated British TV show from the late 90s. In my eyes, one of the greatest comedies ever written. So it's me, it's called The Royal Ramble. I'm going through that. So basically what I'm trying to say is, you know, I am just completely besotted uh, with the sound of my own voice. And one of the other shows that I do is called Pun It. And it is a game show. It is a pun-based game show. And I have guests from all over the world. It started off with three of my closest friends. And then we started branching out. And now we're doing a tournament. And it's a hell of a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, my guest today is one of the guys that I had on there. Jersey, how's it going? Hey, Tom. How you doing? I'm I'm great. And, you know, is it fair to say you're kind of like the, um, the James Hetfield of the pun world? I mean, you are multi-time champion, right? I am, I, you know, we Americans have a tendency to call national championships world championships. <laughs> yeah, why would you call it the and World Series? It's, it's it. not the World Series, yeah, you Yeah, the World Yankees. Series, you know, yeah. the Super Bowl winners of the world champions. <laughs> so I am uh, officially an eight-time world champion of puns at uh, this event that takes place in Austin, Texas, every year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do a regular pun live competition in Brooklyn, New York. I live in New York City uh, called Punderdome. And I've yes. won that, I think, 35 times at this point. Wow. And I've got a couple episodes of Punnet under my belt. But I don't think I can call myself a true world champion until um, I go up against more uh, folks in the Word Cup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, as you say, we are doing the Word Cup over on Punnet. So I want to push people over to Punnet as well. I do put it in the description of pretty much every episode in the hope that some of the Alpha Metallica fans leak over. But I appreciate the Venn diagrams quite skinny. But, um, you know... It w- might be me. Yeah, it might just be... <laughs> The, the the SEO suggests it's a New York download, so so maybe maybe it is yourself. But um, 
you know, you, uh, you know, we, we were chatting sort of after, like, it was great to have you on the show. And as, as I say, it was, it was a real thrill for me because, you, you know, you, you know, you're very, um, you're a very coy guy in that way. But like, you know, you've achieved quite a lot in the pun sphere, which I know sounds like a bit of an oxymoron, but, but you really have, like, you know, in this kind of small world of ours. But we were chatting, you know, and you said yourself that you, you were a big Metallica fan, which of course, you know, comes as no surprise. Most people in the world are, you know, they're a very popular band. But what is your Metallica story, Jersey? Like, what, do you remember the first time you heard the band i do well i for to be precise tom i believe it was at the end or maybe within a punnet episode maybe at the end and i said oh wow i i hear about your metallica show and teenage jersey would be really excited about that okay and your response was well adult tom really likes it (laughs) (laughs) and i thought oh i've really stepped in it here um But yeah, I, I at one point was the uh, the world's biggest Metallica fan. I was born in 1983. So the first thing I remember about Metallica was it, the band just being part of culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially after Black Album, et cetera, came out. It, it, it was referenced in, you know, Seinfeld and on Beavis and Butthead, of course, yeah. and all this stuff. And it was just the iconic, like, cool rock band. If you thought of a heavy band, it was Metallica. So I was aware of the band culturally before I was aware of the music. But the way that I came to know the band in those ancient days was, of course, through the radio. And they had so many different sounds over the years that I would hear different songs and not realize they were all Metallica. Looking back, it seems silly now not to realize that Enter Sandman and Creeping Death was like James singing both, right? But I didn't know that at the time. Or Seek and Destroy. Like It sounded like all these different heavy bands Mm. as I was getting into rock music in my teens. Um, And then when I started to piece it together, I was like, oh, I really, I quite like this band. And I didn't have um, MTV at the time, which was another big way for people to kind of identify who was doing what, of course. Um, So then when I started realizing all these songs I liked were Metallica, I started buying the records and going through the back catalog. And this was all in the immediate aftermath of the Black Album coming out and those kind of five years in between before Load. And then my freshman year of high school, Load dropped so to speak, oh in boy. Uh, 96. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and it, it was frankly an amazing time to be a diehard fan of the band because, yeah. except, I mean, obviously there was the load, you know, anti-load pushback and all that. And uh, we don't have to get into that. that I mean, yeah, you, uh, you, you, you said you listened. I just came from that era. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the first new Metallica album I heard, and I still love both of those records. Mm-hmm. I, I recognize that it's not that it's largely because of my age and the time they came out and I was experiencing new, sure. but I also, you know, you got four releases four years in a row, load, reload, garage, Inc. S and M. I mean, what an amazing time to be a fan of the band that you love most in the world. And they're so popular and there's a new release coming out every year for like my whole high school experience. I saw them live four times on four wow. different tours. Cunning stunts came out I had a whole back catalog to dig into. They were all over TV and radio and specials, interviews. So it was a very cool time to be a fan of the band. And then, you know, um, around the time of Napster and me moving on into college. And like, I've never, I'm not, I like heavy metal. You know, I'm a metal guy. I'm a rock guy. I like a lot of different music. My musical tastes are kind of changing. Um, Jason left the band, James went into rehab, St. Anger came out, and kind of those four years of my university time, I, you know, left them behind a little bit, and yeah. then I kind of just, after, when I heard St. Anger, I, I bought it, I listened to it a couple times, and then just, all right, I'm, I'm kind of done, I'm, sure. I've moved on, and they're not going to last much longer after this, and then, you know, 20 years later, two more records, mm-hmm. 
one new bassist. They're still going strong. They've got, they've got their own whiskey. So, yeah, they've got everything. Yeah, they've got their own whiskey, and uh, they're they're kicking ass still. So, and I, I do remember hearing like when Death Magnetic came out. I think I gave it a Spotify download and thought, oh, they're trying to recreate something that's gone. And I really didn't give it a fair listen, I don't think, at the time. And I was almost completely unaware of Hardwired, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, that was until 2020 lockdown. And then because of you, Tom, because of your show, huh? and it, indirectly because of puns, I spent a lot of this you know, quarantine time, and I think because of Metallica Mondays they were doing as well. Yes, um, brilliant. Going back through 20 years of the band and rediscovering my love for them again and finding all this shit online that I did, you know, when I was in high school, like finding the video of the 97 bridge school benefit concert was mm. like a dream. Oh, and it's been like gold YouTube. dust back then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? I don't yeah. know. It never occurred to me that all these kind of bootlegs and live things are available. I went back and watched shows that I'd been to. So oh, that must be. I love the band. And within the last six, seven months, I've, totally rediscovered my love for the band and it's been i wanted to thank you for that tom because no, without no. the show I, I don't think it would have happened no no thank you thank you for listening and like i've i've had that experience with with other bands like like pearl jam for example like i've always been a fan of those but through podcasts you just gain a whole new dimension of the band and it's funny what you said before about bootlegs as well because it's like um you know one of my friends is a, is a diehard nirvana fan he's a little older than me and he would you know tell stories when he was younger on ebay he would pay like 40 quid to get like some french show and, and now it's hd on youtube in like multiple angles and like you know it's just weird how the bottom's been taken out of that industry as well I know we can't, we don't all have the benefit of being, I mean, we're not that far apart in age. I think I'm maybe a decade or less. Than yeah. Older than yeah. I was born in 92. I had so to yeah. Walk, yeah. I had to walk to the record store and, you know, I bought the album. I bought Garage Inc. at midnight. I, I had to flip through oh. Metal Edge magazine and find articles about Metallica. And I remember flipping through trying to find the import singles that had the live versions and the covers on the back of them, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So I was a diehard just looking for everything. And now I can go on some website and buy the original vinyl pressing of Garage Days Re-Revisited for 20 bucks. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's for, a for, totally different world. It, it I is. sound so old right now. No, no, you're right. You're right. And it's like... <laughs> it's it's just totally flipped during that era. It's completely flipped. And it's like, even, even me, you know, I was born in 92, like not really even talking about Metallica, but I've always said it's like, People were born in the early 90s. Like, we kind of have a feet in both waters. You know, my sister, who was born eight years after me, she essentially grew up right. with broadband and grew up with Netflix. And you know what I mean? And it's like, I remember totally. having, having to wait, you know, to watch Simpsons at six o'clock on BBC. And now it's just on demand on on, on whatever. And, you know, it's it, it's insane. I've been, I, I mean, Grateful Dead, that's kind of in my lockdown band. I've been really heavily getting into the Grateful Dead and just watching so... Well, there's plenty of material out there. Oh, my, are you kidding me? It's just kind (laughs) of... I mean, what a dedicated... My father followed them briefly for some time, not for years or anything like that. Oh, he was a deadhead. He was a little deadhead. He was... He, you know, he has had a lot of phases in his life. Yeah. Uh, He's... I don't think he currently (laughs) identify as a deadhead, but uh, he, he definitely spent some time with the band and, like, hung out, you know, like, taping the shows and everything and cataloging them and stuff. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah. Uh, it's been going strong, and now the internet makes it so much easier. Yeah, and now John Mayer's in Grateful Dead, which is crazy. Dead and Co. They dead go and by? Co. Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. they're not technically dead, are they? But yeah, and I'm I'm That's a John so... Mayer fan. Like I think I phrased. I like John Mayer too. Yeah, yeah I'm a, I'm a big uh, John honestly, Mayer. Honestly, 
all your all your listeners are going to turn this off, but you know, early aughts was John Mayer was sort of coming up on like the college indie scene, Dude. and so I was listening to a lot of John Mayer instead of bands like Metallica at that time. R- you Room know, for Squares? Kind of are you kidding me right now? Room for Squares, man. Yeah, that was that Jeez, was huge. Heavier things, insane. Continuum to me is great, but I even moved on. You know, I moved on by heavier things. He kind of blew up. He got too big for me. You know, I (laughs) I got a little snobby. Um, That's crazy, though. I I wore it out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very of that kind of college ilk, isn't it? Like, like it's kind of that died died in the wall sort of thing. So, um, you know, great to hear that you've came back to the kind of Metallica fold. And I mean, like, you know, how do you kind of experience the band now? Like, are you, um, do, do you follow them all on socials? Because they're, they're a band that's really in tune with their fans, I found. Almost more than any other band. Like, they will show you backstage videos of every single concert. You know, Lars will go on diatribes about being in Philly in 95 and just know everything. Like, it's quite remarkable, actually. Yeah, and again, like, the it's ironic to me because, and not to relitigate the whole Napster thing, but living through it you know as a a freshman in college when it was all sort of going down and the first kind of um inklings of being able to access that stuff Mm. and find those bootlegs and those covers and things was on napster um the, the extent to which the band has totally embraced the online um delivery of their music the cataloging of the past the set list i can go back and watch the videos of the shows i think i said that and look at the mm-hmm, set lists mm-hmm. and look at every set list since 1981 it's just fantastic so i have been i kind of purged the band uh, you could say and now i'm binging hey. in uh, 2020 2021 love it and going back and watching the old stuff that i used to watch on vhs like year and a half and then things that i never really experienced so i've i've had the opportunity to just dig into the newer records all the videos the behind the scenes stuff from the old days that i never saw because it wasn't available the jules holland appearances like i didn't know what the hell jules holland was in jules oh yeah no we've we've i mean you maybe know, those were great live shows from that load era yeah yeah we, we and, did an episode uh, on that actually yeah the, the holland appearances. yeah 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 he's he's a legend the, as well the, the hall of fame the 30-year uh anniversary oh my god love you those know, shows. all that stuff i didn't i had and I was living in New York, Tom. So I, I was looking at all this stuff that it's like, wow, I could have conceivably been at some of these shows, the yeah. Webster Hall show. So I'm looking back at, um, you know, if I could have my younger days back, would I use them to get back on track? You could say. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm going back and looking at all this missed time of, of right, where right. I was totally like living other bands, listening to music. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> They yeah, just like, became kind of uncool to me after a while, and and uh, now I'm embarrassed that I cared that much about what was cool. I know what you mean because I've always loved them. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Like like that they weren't that sort of cool of a band or whatever. And like I remember, I remember even being in school, and I, you know, I'm a huge Guns N' Roses fan, and like having the yeah. piss taken out of me for like Guns N' Roses. And I remember it bothering me, and now I'm like, I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? I don't care. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter. So, um, but during the time when when like Hetfield started dressing up like a car mechanic all the oh, time. Yeah. <laughs> That was really the, the sort of cringiest. Yeah, era. that kind of hot rod <laughs> swag was like, yeah, it was, uh, it, 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 it was a whole thing. T-shirts at the end. Yeah, it was all yeah. muscle car and cartoons and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, talking of James, let's get into our main topic today because yeah. um, we are going to talk about wordplay and puns and stuff like that. And it's quite annoying actually because I think I told you this in the email and I've been trying to find it. I've been going through all my back issues of So What and I'm sure I posted it on Twitter before. But um, 
James loves wordplay and puns. Clearly, he, he relishes in it in his interviews and stuff. And there was this great thing in So What magazine where it was kind of what we do over at Pun It actually, where he wrote a list of Metallica baby songs and like I can't quite remember what it, it was. It wasn't and diapers for all. It was funnier than that, but it was like some. It was in that kind of vogue, you know. But um. You know, as you as you pointed out, like James is kind of one of those guys, isn't he? Like he clearly takes a lot of delight in wordplay and kind of playing with words and stuff. He is the one in the band that really embraces it that I first sort of noticed doing it. And because he writes the lyrics and because he's, you know, one of the lead voices of the band, obviously, along with Lars, there's a lot of wordplay and punning in their official releases, but also just in their banter, in their stage banter and in their mm-hmm. interviews. So it's been fun looking as I have gone through the catalog and everything over the year. Um, to find that and to link these two hobbies, very disparate hobbies of my life, which is <laughs> yeah. loving Metallica and doing wordplay. And he's pretty good at it. You know, some of them are a little cringy, but he's pretty good at it. What What have you found? Any, anything spring to mind? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, so it kind of falls into different categories, right? Mm-hmm. There's the puns that are in lyrics, which are, I think, the least successful version of James's punning, if I have to say. Okay. You know, like the the one we... I've heard the most about is probably Unforgiven too. That really bothers me. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, you know, the first Unforgiven is called The Unforgiven, and then of course the lyric is "I dub the Unforgiven." Mm -hmm. So he really set himself up for a pun in each of the songs. Yes. uh, Subsequent sequels, but uh, there was no pun in Unforgiven Three, unfortunately, or fortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, oh god, not a fan of that song altogether. But I guess there is a kind of free, freeing, unleashed kind of thing they could do. Could be in there, but obviously yeah. they don't. They don't really go down that thing. I mean, like I said before, as well, cunning stunts. I don't know cunning if they. Stunts. I don't know if they coined that or if that was a thing that existed before them and they just popularized it. I think it. it was a thing that existed before yeah, them. Yeah, I, I think it was. I saw that tour right and. Um, I, it never clicked to me until the year 2020 that, well, not, of course, the pun in there, which is, it's called a spoonerism, where that you flip the yeah. first letter of two words and it has different meaning. Um, so, yeah, do the math at home yourselves if, you know, if we're, mm. if we don't N- want to be explicit, named but, after Named after someone, right? I think someone called Spooner. Yeah, a, 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 an Oxford professor, yes, I believe, right. who had a tendency to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of take a shower, he'd say, I'm going to go off and shake a tower. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> yeah, a certain yeah. category of pun or our... Our 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 dear old queen became our queer old dean. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so. Lennon would do something similar, but not quite. He would he would he would go going for a, a cup of twee and something like that. You know, <laughs> that's pretty good too. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. So cunning stunts was is that one of those spoonerisms, and you know, teenage me just thought that was so funny. Me and my my Metallica buddy in high school. Oh yeah. And uh, I didn't realize though that it really has, like, there are stunts in the show, right? Of course, they have the the kind of. Uh, the prototype for what they ended up doing in the through the never show with the man on fire and the collapse of the stage and all that. But it never registered to me that there was an actual meaning to the stunts that they did, that it was like pretending something was going wrong. <laughs> yeah. There's an actual cunning stunt, you know? True. Yeah. Actually, why did I ever realize that? Yeah. That never really clicked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, duh, but, but yeah, that, that's a huge, huge part of it. Yeah. I just thought they wanted to say cunt, but couldn't. That That's exactly. all I really thought it was. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was more focused on the, on the you know the naughtiness of it and then it's similarly with snm they did it too right of which course. is really clever it's not necessarily a pun but no um, but it's kind of a wink isn't it play and, yeah 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 and um i mean and i mean then, it's, uh, in spoonerisms as well this isn't something metallica have done but i've heard a lot of people say pastor of muppets 
<laughs> instead of master of puppet. I don't know if you've heard that. It might be a British no, thing, I've, but I've, I've heard that quite a few times with various people. Yeah. Oh, I love Pastor of Muppets. Pastor that's, of Muppets, yeah, I know, right? It's great. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm trying to think of some more. I um, mean, uh, you know, dear listeners, I'm sure, you know, we're going to go through loads of examples as we go through, but metallicaproductgmail.com, if you can fix, think of any. Fixer with the free X's? Could that kind of be? I don't be? know if that's wordplay. It's really I love wordplay. Fixer, by the way, the song, but oh, you love it? Again, it gets into. I do love Fixer. Okay, I'm a okay. big Fixer, a la Torn guy. Kind of, yeah. Um, it's okay. We don't have to get into no, it or no. else. <laughs> You've listened to the show. You know my opinions on it. We just... I know your takes on it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying. You're going to have to rein me in on this show, Tom, because I could go off it. We're supposed to talk about language in this show, but I could do, you know, no, this just, so this just keep me on task. Just, just, you know, we'll, we'll get into the music as well. But, um, you know, okay, I just so, really. Someone... Okay, let me look at the lyrics here. Okay, so crushing uh, Phantom Lord, kill them all. There's a, maybe a potential pun in crushing metal strikes. Okay, yeah. Like as in heavy metal, and then obviously it's a literal kind of. You're yeah. being struck by crushing metal. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was the first Metallica pun in lyrics. Maybe. Um, you've got uh, the other kind of famous uh, pun that is off maligned is Fran Tick, 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 Tock, of course. Yes, yeah. Maybe the pun that made me quit the band along with this. <laughs> <laughs> Am I allowed to like that unironically? Like, I actually quite no, no, enjoy it's, it's the, cool. the <laughs> you know. I Listen, I've been bumping some Sane Anger and... Uh, you know, oh, the drums still sound weird. But the drums it, are terrible. You know, but... There's some. There's some tracks. It's probably it is my least favorite record. But the, the, that 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 it works for me for what they're trying to do. Yeah. Well, how do you feel about and, lifestyle uh, determines my death style? Oh, lifestyle determines my death style. So the moment in some kind of monster, I couldn't believe rewatching it when Lars hears that line and is like so excited by hearing <laughs> that line. Like this is the best shit James has ever written. Yeah. It's kind of corny to me, but hey, he's also I really. Think Kirk wrote that, didn't he? I think I think that's like oh a... right because it's a, a Buddhism thing right yeah 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 okay right, Pretty right. Sure so then, and when James sings it Lars is like oh that's amazing maybe there maybe it was like putting Kirk's work on the refrigerator kind of deal you know like <laughs> good job um, but they do have a tendency as a band and I guess mostly James to do this thing where they take I got a whole list of these for some point in the show mm-hmm. but like they take an idiom or an aphorism that is known in culture and flip it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when you hear the lyric, it already is something that you recognize, which I think is very savvy um, and also is a good way of getting information across. Um, but that's one of those, too, where they, you know, my lifestyle determines my death style sort of does that. It's just the um, clumsy idea, like, dying in, in a certain style, isn't it? Like, your death has a certain, like, you know, I, I, yeah. I, like, I, I like, I like, it's grown on me, but I still groan as well um, when I do hear it. But um, what, what are some of the puns you found in the, uh, in the titles or lyrics? Yeah, you've got All Nightmare Long. Of yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, Man Unkind. Oh, that's worst. a stinker. Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad for Robert, who I really, you know, I, I like. Rob's I'm not anti-Robert just because I'm an old school fan. But uh, for that to be his like biggest contribution musically to the band, in and with the, that lyric, clunky, that title is very clunky. And even the up the um the capital un in there just to yes. make sure you get it. <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. That you really sticks out. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, they call that camel case when you um capitalize letters in the middle of a word. Uh, oh, that like makes iPod, sense. IPod, like, like a yeah. hump in the middle. Like a hump, yeah. Um, okay, and then uh, there are others, I'm sure, but this one is, I don't know if you call it a pun, but in the lyrics, and then there's other ones kind of in interviews and stuff, but um, in Struggle Within, does mm. James do 
this isn't really a pun, but it's I'd never heard this before. This is like your Facebook noise inside of Unforgiven Two. Yes. But does James hiss like a snake at the beginning of the line? So many things you don't want to do. It sounds like he's doing a snake hiss. Mm, mm. I've got the lyrics up now, and they're written on Genius as a SSS kind of thing. So it would make sense. And obviously, we do have a snake on the cover of the record as well. Um, you know, the, yeah, the, you've got the, the. Is it the, the Gadsden um, flag? Is that what it's called? Gadsden flag, yeah, yeah made famous recently at the U.S. Capitol. Yeah, I learned. I learned um, that from that Jeopardy. imagery in that yeah. song. It might be my least favorite Metallica song. Don't tread on me. In the whole kind of. The shift away from the anti-war stuff to the don't tread on me stuff is another, yeah. you know, kind of, I'm not as into those themes as the earlier no. stuff, but you know, any other snake imagery rose me a little bit the long, the wrong way from Slither to, oh boy, Slither, yeah. The Black Album, is, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There and is. Then, let's see, we've got, uh, oh, um, well, Dane DeHaan plays Trip in Through the Never as he goes on a trip. So there's a little pun there. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Little one. Um, but the the best punning is not in the lyrics and the titles of the the stuff. Um, the best punning, I think, is stuff that James says in on stage and in interviews. Um, Very dad. He's oh, in that dad humor kind of angle, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it sets on like around your age, right? Maybe you started a pun podcast to get it out, but I mm-hmm. noticed like late twenties. That's when you start. Yeah. Punning more like that <laughs> that thing that compulsion to make those jokes comes up yeah. um one other one i noticed that the demo of suicide and redemption is called k2lu cthulhu ah. but like the sequel to cthulhu okay that's cool it's another instrumental i thought that was like telling of where their head was at during that album and also a little pun yeah um okay so uh, in cunning stunts, James says in the mic, and he did this on tour when I saw them. He says testicles one two, mm-hmm. really yeah. base, you know, yeah, team yeah. thing. Um, he calls. He had a tendency to, to call Kirk Kirk Omelet a lot. <laughs> I've never heard that Kirk in interviews and radio stuff. Yeah, that happened a lot. Right. Um, uh, I watched in my uh, binge of old interviews. Uh, James uh, and Lars do the Craig Ferguson show and. Uh, Ferguson brings up Barry Manilow as like the antithesis of Metallica. He says, oh, we've got Barry Manilow on tomorrow. And James, off the cuff, says, barely man enough. Gee, that, see, that is very Lennon-esque. Like, that is crazy. Very good. Love it. Barely man enough. Yeah, he's got that sort of, um, yeah, the quick quick delivery. Yeah. And then uh, the SNM behind the scenes credits. Mm-hmm. There's that little, that great little um, moment from Kirk where they're doing Nothing Else Matters and his monitor earpiece is broken. And he's going to the tech and he's saying, I've got nothing in my ear. And the the crew is saying, yeah, we're playing nothing. <laughs> and he says, no, there's nothing in my ear. <laughs> so he didn't get, you know, yeah. with them. Enough. I mean, the, 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 the Hetfieldisms, right? Like, you know, the. the oh, fantastic. Like, you know, and he, he has such comedic timing. Like when I. I saw Metallica twice, um, both on the worldwide tour. And when I saw them for the first time uh, in October 2017 in Birmingham, I was on the rail. Yes. And he was singing in front of me. I can't quite remember what song it was. But I remember he had something in his mouth. And he had like this little, it was almost like a pick, like a fingernail, like a black thing that he could put over his teeth to make it look like he had no teeth. And he popped it over with his tongue and he smiled at the crowd, you know, gormlessly. And then he pulled it back and <laughs> winked at us. And he just he's got all these little, like, Tommy Cooper, like, end of 
the pier style like you know I, I i just i just love it i just you know he's he's a, he's a real entertainer at the end of the day he really is he's he has a blast on stage um yeah his his live uh, use of his voice so this gets a little bit away from puns but more into language and the use of language and stuff but there are some things that have been immortalized on the various live recordings over the years that when i think of the songs you know, I think of the Hetfield ad-libs during the middle of the songs. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, like the you said this, I think, in the Creeping Death episode, but the Jason's or I guess now Rob and Kirk's motherfucker die. Jesus but, you know, Jason yeah. really made it iconic. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. I can't listen to the song without hearing that live thing yeah. um, that 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 the die chant and then the ad-libs. But uh, he I think for about 15 years during Master of Puppets would sing instead of how i'm killing you he would sing how i'm fucking you how I'm fucking which he does you. on snm as well yeah and, he, and on and sandman of fuck you in as well um he says Robin, yes that's i got that in. one down yeah <laughs> yeah that, like, that happens a lot i guess that's a pun you know yeah uh, <laughs> i suppose and then the immortal it's had a lot of different placements in the set list but his immortal are you alive how does it feel to be oh alive where we get into the more touchy-feely james yeah often yeah. during the kind of bridge and battery but also he did it sometimes at the end of Sandman. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think he does it there in Cunning Stunts. Uh, and then the kind of classic rock star stuff like uh, in Seek and Destroy and in something else. He'll always say the name of the city that they're in. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. It's like, I'm from Milwaukee, so he'd be like, scanning the scene in Milwaukee tonight, right? <laughs> or uh, whatever. And he like Go Bucks, off the back right? Like yeah. Oh, and So What? He does it in So What as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I've been uh, to Hastings. I've been to Brighton. I've been to Albuquerque too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, so what's such a treat for me just as a Brit to hear him say Hastings and Brighton and uh, oh, it's I mean, fantastic. Oh, what a song! A word to Andy. That was the first Metallica song I heard live. They opened that tour. As of they course, did in, they uh, did. Funny stunts with so what? I was like, yeah, oh, that was yeah. a song I'd heard they'd done, but had never heard because I couldn't get access to it. Yeah, so it was also my first time ever hearing them do it. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, the uh, the one ad libs where he performs, you know, because one is so great that it's in the perspective of the the soldier mm-hmm. and he ad libs in character, basically, where he he adds in please help me's and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and, and the a- no and the no, 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 as it goes into the the fast solo there. And he always screams Live. sticks in me like he always goes really deep on that bit as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The but uh, um wartime novelty that section yeah. yeah 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 and then also the thing i can't get out of my head for one is something they added i think in the late 90s tours but um it's almost like a part of the percussion of the song now landmine mm-hmm. when they say the word landmine they always have some huge pyre going on oh yeah Absolutely. which is in the early shows like when they're touring justice that doesn't happen in that place as far as i've been able to find so no, like a, no, I think you're right. That's part a la- of the song for me now. Latter edition, yeah, and um, I, I always, I always love when he talk, when he when he shouts Kirk out before the solo, Mister Hammett, or or Kirky Baby he says sometimes as yeah, well. Like those have changed over the years. Yeah, so, um, he, you know, he used to say, what does he say in uh, some song on Load or Reload? He he says suck it before the solo. <laughs> Which is, yeah, he does. It's Carpe Diem, baby. Right? Oh, oh, god, he, the classic. Suck yes. it. And it's like most James growl, but he was say, he's like, fuck him up, let go, here we go, baby. Yeah, yeah. A lot of babies in the nineties, and now he's like Mr. Hammett. Yeah. He yeah. says before the bread fan solo in some live performance, he goes, he just says sandwich, <laughs> <laughs> which is fantastic. Yeah. Um. Oh, another one in one. He will still say, "Cut this shit off from me," mm-hmm. rather than "Cut this life." Yeah. Uh, oh, and 
fix me, baby. I think that's in S and M before Master Puppet solo, before Kirk solo, Master Puppet. He goes, fix me, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and in S and M as well, uh, after the bells chorus, with the when the crowd go, absolutely. He throws an absolutely in as well, which is great. Absolutely, because yeah. he has them sing the the most of the opening. That's, that's right. That's right. Oh man, it's just oh, heck. It's so, he's so stage man. He's, he's so the, goofy. He's the fucking best like rock front man in terms of like with the oh, strapped with a guitar. I think it's a slightly different animal when you're like a Robert Plant, but I think as in a proper front man who plays rhythm. Like I can't think of anyone who's on his level really. Totally. And his voice has changed so much over the years. I mean, again, I, I didn't recognize the Black Album and Kill Em All as the same band. Mm-hmm. Also, I was just hearing so much new music. But, you know, when they started tuning the live shows down and the albums eventually and his his evolution of his confidence in his voice and the sound of his voice, because, you know, a male vocalist, you don't mature until you're middle aged, until you're 40, 50 mm-hmm. years old. Mm-hmm. So we're really getting we've had recently the best singing and one of the best treats for me of hearing the the new stuff is like I think on um, and I know there are he's losing some of the high notes and stuff and there are ways to make your voice sound better on a record using technology we all know about but his tone and stuff sounds so fantastic uh, in the hardwired era because he's oh he's singing confidently but he's not doing the kind of really digging into it like reload era which I love but. All that kind of suck, yeah, yeah. All that yeah. stuff that's kind of mockable about him. It's really pure and like focused and kind of a little less corny sounding to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get um, you get a sucker in uh, my world as well, and say anger. I don't know if you're too familiar with that sucker. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what I love about Hardwired is that he goes back and he's pulling all the best bits from you know, the different eras. And it feels like a culmination. I know you prefer Death May Night to Hardwired, but I don't think it's even close. I think Hardwired is so much better. But really? guitar aside, I know you're a guitarist. I'm not a guitarist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but, you know, he's also got the other Hetfield thing we got to talk about, the ooh I mentioned, ooh, oh, and all this, uh, yeah. the, it ain't my bitch. Oh, yeah, no, ain't my bitch genre. is one of the best, like, guttural James oohs ever, yeah. He just adds, oh, I mean, right in, in a row, but... um. Yeah. He'll he'll add that extra syllable to the end of words. So the whiskey in the jarro. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jarro. What's yeah. a bitcha? Bitcha. Um, yeah. And yeah. the way he changes vowels around, mm-hmm. you know, um, which is another thing that like made it hard when I was hearing it on the radio to understand what he was saying, mm-hmm. uh, to understand the lyrics, you know. Um, yeah. But he he has a really uh, a, a, a tendency to play around with the sounds of words in a way that is so uniquely James. And it really started around, um, like the Black Album, you know, when his his lyrics were louder in the mix, and he wasn't like I guess double tracking as he was doing in the older albums, and it was like more confidence with his voice, uh-huh. and he really dug into it, and started playing and doing all that live ad lib stuff on the records, and it's fun, you know. It is, it is, it's, and it's I, good. one of the purest examples of that I would say is Saint Anger, the whole record. Like his voice is crazy on that. Like he he can scream. There's bits where he sounds really like I don't know if you remember an Invisible Kid. He's like oh, like he sounds like a child oh, almost. Like he sounds very infantile. Like his range is mad on that record. Yeah, he sounds really great on on Saint Anger. Uh, in terms of, it sounds like somebody recorded it on a you know cassette deck while they were in the room <laughs> yeah. with him. But it, you can tell that he's making great performances. Um, and uh, 
uh, you've mentioned often the wind on the mic in St. Anger. And I think that gives it something. I do. You know, yes, I think it, gives it, it does. Little, it does. And it um, is the anger it's the aspirated, like he's freaking out. They barely got the album made, which is true. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. the production kind of reflects that. And it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, look, Jersey, I appreciate you're clearly a listener. You've, you mentioned the wind on the mic that I mentioned. You mentioned the Facebook sound on Unforgiven 2, which I'm still confused about. Almost every episode. Yeah. 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 No, that, that's great. The way that's great. that I listened, I went through, I listened to my favorite songs first. So mm-hmm. I started with obviously like Prince Charming. <laughs> and then no you know all the all the great tunes that i wanted to hear your take on and then um then i went back and i listened to the new records um for in some case in hardwired's case for the first time and got to know them and then went back and listened to the episodes for things that i hadn't seen or heard like the new the new stuff and the um you know the videos of the 30th anniversary and all that. So yeah, I've, I've listened to pretty much every episode at this point, except on except the Lulu stuff. Oh, you don't listen to any of the Lulu stuff, okay? No, no, I have listened to a single one. Interesting, <laughs> interesting. I mean, are you well, a Lulu? Just like you listening to Metallica, I can go. I I have the benefit of the entire catalog being available to me, and I can pick and choose what I listen to. True, when. true, true. But I mean, um, you, know. you know, there, there are some Lulu tracks that I'm a big fan of. I've got to be honest, and you've just got to see it as Metallica being the backing band. And it's James, James having the time of his life on those records as well. You want to talk about vocal range? He's going crazy yeah. on those. But um, I mean, are you a, are you a Lou? I mean, you're you're a New York guy. Like you, you must like Lou. I've been living in New York for eighteen years, and one of the best things that happened to every until his un you know not I guess not untimely. He was a he died old man yeah. for rock stars, but uh, until his passing, you know the best thing that happens to everybody is the day you're walking down downtown New York and you run into Lou Reed. It just happens to everybody because no. he just lived his life like a normal dude in the coffee shops on the subway. So everybody I know that spent a lot of time downtown would see Lou Reed at least once. You know, that's in, amazing. In the Ledger, Lower East Side, and um, yeah, I love the Velvet Underground. I love the Lou Reed stuff. I like his wild and weird stuff, and I like bands that take chances. I am a fan of like the way that I came to Metallica and why I respect Load and Reload a lot, and honestly, Saint Anger as well. I respect it is they're not locked into a genre they push themselves they are not afraid of criticism they do things that are different that they want to do and lou reed is a really similar artist in in a lot of ways so i should give it a listen i just you know i was sort of at the height of my not snobbery but just disinterest yeah yeah i get i get i get it to something that was revisiting my teen years when that came out it's so weird it's it's on such a spectrum because you know pitchfork who you know whatever they're just another review site i'm not putting too much stock in them but they famously i think they gave it like a 0.1 or something like that and then david bowie said it was the best thing lou reed ever recorded like you know so it's kind of um it runs the gamut but i'm kind of in a lou reed vogue actually i'm another thing i'm obsessed with along metallica is sopranos and uh michael, oh, sure. yeah michael imperioli who plays christopher um is a, is a mm-hmm. novelist and his latest novel is about a teenager who becomes friends with Lou Reed in the 80s. Uh, the perfume burned his eyes. So um, and it's all about Lou and it's all about his music and stuff like that. I've, I've got it on order. I'm going to pick that up. But let's just get back to um, to to the words. Um, one of the things you yeah. you raised, which I thought was quite an interesting one, misheard Metallica lyrics. Uh, what, yeah, what, what, what are some of the ones that have uh, caught your ear? Okay, so I, I'm glad that this one came up later in the show because I kind of I planted some good seeds uh for, for oh, this conversation is that is that a pun there sorry it's just a reference to <laughs> right. i'm just trying to reference as many load and reload lyrics in this right, uh, right, interview right, as possible right, yeah, to yeah. keep you comfortable yeah <laughs> um 
So I, I primarily heard the band on the radio. In some cases, I didn't know the songs were Metallica unless the DJ would come in after, which they don't always say every song they play. And everybody knew. They were listening to Rock Station, and they knew the Metallica songs. But I was a dumb kid. I didn't know. So he'd say, that was Metallica with Creeping Death, right? And mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't. I, I didn't have the lyric booklet before. This is before I bought the albums and everything and memorized and devoured everything. So Creeping Death was my first, personally, my first uh, misheard lyric because once I realized these were all from the same album, I thought he was saying, instead of uh, So Let It Be Written, because it does not sound like that's what he's saying there. Yeah. I thought I was hearing So Let Me Retire, <laughs> Let Me Die. And I thought it was a sequel to Ride the Lightning and Fade to Black. I thought they were all kind of this part of this cohesive trilogy about right. someone accepting their death. And that Creeping Death was about accepting the end of your life. In an, it was the resolution of the outro of Fade to Black in some way. Um, so I had this put this big meaning into it. And then I realized James just kind of mangling the vowels in uh, the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it doesn't sound at all like like who would think he was saying, so let it be written the way he sings that. No, I, al- you know, I always so I always miss. Yeah, I always misheard Land of Goshen. Never really. You know what I mean? Like, which is which is again. Right. I think yeah, the I didn't land, even know land, what to think he was saying. It's like Land of Milk and Honey. And obviously it's an Exodus reference and whatever. But but yeah, that that always went over my head as well. And uh, and as, as we said earlier, yeah, James' enunciation, it's very artistic and very evocative, but maybe not the most precise. You know, what do we have over no, here? We never. call it RP, you know, the the, 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 the proper pronunciation. Oh, the pronunciation. Yeah, I trained yeah. in that in my my acting uh, ah. school training. Um, the. Uh, the the funny thing, it's not a pun, but uh, creeping death. You know, some of the I guess the creeping death riff is something that Kirk brought into the band. Mm-hmm. So both the music and the lyrical inspiration of creeping death came from Exodus. Hey, that's a good point. A nice little thing. There. That's a nice little chime. Yeah, I like that. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Um, and um... hey, I've got oh, sad but true. Yeah. I. Uh, I always thought it was Sad Patrol. <laughs> sad, pat- sad Patrol. Well, yeah, I guess uh, Megadeth had brought out Doom Patrol earlier, so maybe they were trying to, yeah, yeah maybe they were trying to best it. I don't Just know. The emo version. Yeah. yeah, Sad Patrol. Sad Patrol could totally be an emo band. Like that must have trick there. Yeah. Imagine supporting. But now go back and listen to Sad But True. It sounds like he's saying Sad Patrol much more than Sad But <laughs> Sad Patrol. Sad Patrol. Jesus. Like um, yes. you know, you know, you know, on their latest uh, tour, Metallica had Jim Brewer supporting them. I don't know if you know that. And and they they yes. just, he did like a comedy set basically. Like I can't seem to find any recordings of it on YouTube. I really want to watch it. Apparently it was like ninety minutes at sometimes, and that seems like something he would do. Like misheard Metallica lyrics. Like a lot of mileage there. I think. Can I talk about Jim Brewer for like 20 seconds before we get back to the please, lyrics thing? Please. So Jim Brewer just works for the band now. I guess that's his job mm. in 2021. He's like on the payroll of Metallica. He like he gets paychecks from Metallica HQ. It's so wild to me because he was like he was a pretty um, relevant comic in the mid 90s. He was in the Dave Chappelle stoner movie. I was going to say get baked. Oh, sorry, half baked. Yeah, that's the only one I really know him from. And yeah. he was on SNL when they did the infamous SNL appearance for Reload with Marion Faithful. Ah, on everything. Yeah. And some of the backstage images are Jim Brewer hanging out with the band. So I think what happened, Jim Brewer became friends with them in the '90s, and then his career, like you know, it, it really just paid off for him. He's like their hired opening act for this whole tour. It's kind of amazing. But he's become the like official comedian of Metallica, and I had no idea he was like still around and working. Um, but he was he would do appearances with them, like on the the radio show. 
uh, where they recorded the Tuesdays Gone that ended up on Garage Inc. Oh, that was he, recorded he was at, there. at this radio. Yeah, he I was know. there bantering with them. Yeah, that's mad. I didn't that's that. actually a show I think would be fun for you to to do. Either all the acoustic stuff, mm-hmm. or like that particular performance, um, because they did um, they did like the what the Bridge School Benefit songs acoustics. Yes, yeah, this would be twenty seconds. Sorry. Yeah, and then they did requests as well. So they do an acoustic creeping death, and you can find it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I remember listening to it live on the radio, and Jim Brewer was there, John Popper, yeah, um, um, Piazza for uh, Pepper Keenan was, like was there, crew. yeah, Pepper Keenan, yeah. So that's the version that ended up on Garage Inc. And they had a really annoying DJ that probably talked over a lot of the songs, so they couldn't use them or record them or release them otherwise. But um, anyway, Jim Brewer, I was like so shocked that he was still doing stuff with Metallica and like opening for them. Me too, me too. Yeah, I just went on Jim Brewer's IMDb actually, and he's most known for Half Baked. His second credit yeah. that's up there is Titan AE. People from my oh, generation wow. remember that. Quite a forgettable uh, kind of, oh my God, high tech animation in 2000. Apparently, he plays the cook in that. Yeah. So uh, there you go. And a film with Kirsten Dunst called Dick. He was tricky. They were better. It looks like two women like seduce Richard Nixon in the late night. I don't. I've yeah, never heard that, of that came movie. out. I think yeah, early aughts, late nineties. Yeah, ninety nine. Yeah, like, yeah. satire about um, like White House staffers. It was sort of in the wake of. It was like basically what if uh, Nixon got Lewinsky'd? I think is oh, the premise. Yeah, because Wag the Dog's kind of a little similar as well, isn't there? And um, there's a few other movies from that Just, era. Yeah, yeah, the kind of mistrust in figures and things uh-huh, like that uh-huh, uh-huh. okay the you know you, you act a little bit like um do you, yeah. we've we've had we've had a motley crew film um you know w- w- there was recently a starman bowie film a metallica how, how does the metallica story get told on screen is it a netflix drama is it hbo is it a film like what would you like to see i mean i think we have because it's an incredible story great uh, yeah, yeah. Some kind of, I'm talking. Yeah, fiction, they have an incredible story. fictionalized. I, I think it yeah. would be like um, uh, straight out of Compton, where yes. you have the band interested in telling their coming up story. Um, but I think the way that Metallica operate, how litigious they are, how long they're going to keep going, and how in control they are of their own product, mm. it'll be something like that. Where at some point in the future, all the guys or James and Lars or you know who's ever kind of controlling the Metallica will trust will will be a part of it there will be no unauthorized metallica movie um, no well, no are, no you know no. controlling the estate and, no you know but, but I, I say like ideal world where it's good and it's done well for me would perhaps be some sort of like i don't know if you've seen peter morgan's the crown um on netflix sure have but yeah, yeah. great show um i would like several seasons and i think ultimately season one ends with um dave being kicked out of the band and then maybe season two oh, totally. ends with Cliff's death or something. You know, I think they could tell a really good story there. Yeah, I do think there are yeah, some pretty fantastic characters. And I mean, like, I, I don't know if uh, it'd be fun to it, it might feel a little bit like the show that didn't quite work out on HBO that um, Mick Jagger and uh, Scorsese worked oh, on called Vinyl. I, I liked that show. Uh, it was flawed. I, I'm predisposed to dislike that show because I was this close to playing a bunch of different rock stars on it like were you, 10 were, different were you gonna play the lead singer of the nasty bits i went in to play um oh boy no no not the lead singer no because oh, they, they that was jagger's live. son wasn't and i it? think that yeah. ended up being somebody's son right no that was jagger's son because it, it looked just yeah, like right. jagger yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 
Um, but they, you know, they encounter all kinds of folks from, I think I went in for two or three different members of Zeppelin who they just kind of pass in a hallway in one episode yeah, or something. Yeah, Zeppelin, think, Alice Cooper was I in I think it. I auditioned to play uh, John Paul Jones and um, oh, Paige or something. Like, you know, I've got long hair. I kind of have that look. And I'm a decent actor, so mm-hmm. I went in for so many different roles in that thing. That's great. Did, did, um, did you watch the show? I did. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, because I had it shot in New York. Anything, you know, as somebody that works in the industry here in New York, like anything that shoots in New York, I watch it to see if my friends are in it and mm-hmm. to, you know, kind of see how things turned out, see who booked the part that I didn't get or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, yeah. Liked, I liked, I mean, for me, the reason that I watched it is, like I said before, I'm a big Sopranos junkie and I, I follow all the writers as well. It's created by Terrence Winter, who was like one of the main mm-hmm. Sopranos guys. Obviously, Scorsese is involved yeah. as well. And I, I like Bobby Cannavale as the lead, and like I thought the cast was pre- pretty decent. Like he was great in Blue Jasmine, but um, my main problem with it was it didn't need the whole mob aspect. Like there was too much mob shit going on. It should have just been about a record label. And I'm not saying there was too there wasn't too much mob shit in it, but it was a bit overwhelming. But there were certain good episodes, like when they went to Vegas. That was a really good one. Yes. And like, oh, um, and it was like one of those things where it was like. After I watched the show, I just went on Spotify, and there were so many songs. Like, there's a song. I, I mean, I, I've only seen it once, but for some reason, the song where Alice and Pills in this threesome, and they play this Mott the Hoople song called "Rock and Roll Queen," which I just loved. Yes. I, I'd never heard the song before. I was like, "This song's amazing. This song's so good." But um, okay, can I can I tell another? I know we're in a, already a digression, but this is this, is this is my podcast, made me Tangent City. Let's go. Okay, so this is goes back to Metallica, and it's a pretty fun little loop, I think. So mm. okay, I um. You know, I've done some things, you know, I, uh, I, in 2007, uh, I worked with Alison Pill mm. on Broadway. I, we did a play called the Lieutenant of Inishmore and uh, I played this like long haired teen who's super into rock music. That's part of his character. Okay. So a, I was wearing as part of my wardrobe for the show. Alison played my sister. Um, I wore a motorhead t-shirt right. and I got to sing a snippet of the ace of spades on stage to a Broadway house for, you know. Mm-hmm. A month or so before the show closed, and uh, one of those nights after the show, there were some college students that went to my school, like a year after me, waiting outside the stage door, and they were waiting for me to say hi. And I don't know, you know, did you, if you don't know if you remember us, we think you were so great in the show. Mm-hmm. And um, it was uh, this woman, this young woman named Anna Wood, and her boyfriend at the time, and future husband, whose name is uh, Dane DeHaan. Ah. Isn't that funny? That so funny. Uh, that ties it all right back to uh, to Metallica, um, but in the the weird kind of little network of uh, folks from my my school, um, uh, Dane has you know gone on to great success in movies and also has this interesting Metallica film on his resume. Yeah, he has. And he... then a few years later, at some event, I said, "Hey, Dane, if you still want any of that career advice, let me know. <laughs> you know, things." Things will turn up for you eventually. Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, Dane, it's interesting because, again, I'm not, not shitting on the guy. I'm a fan of the guy. He's not really seemed to have done anything big recently for a few years. But Chronicle, he was very good in that. That's a good movie. Oh, fantastic in Chronicle. He's a fantastic actor. He's he is great on actor. stage. He's great in the movies. I think he, you know, he had a couple unlucky projects. Not that he was bad in them or anything, but... You know, this the Spider Man that like w- was didn't succeed, and yeah, you know, through the never was a flop in the theaters, and um, yeah, he the was Luke all right. film that he did. That's you right, know, he was in that, yeah, well. with um, Cara Delevingne, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, and you'd yeah. think, you know, just he just you know had some bad luck in terms of blockbusters, but he's a great guy. He's still working and doing great stuff. He's just got two young kids and uh, oh, nice. raising his family, and 
Okay. He's okay. Uh, he's kicking ass. Very nice guy. Very talented actor. But uh, is in a funny little world. It is. Um, it is you, all connected around Metallica somehow. Uh, you you actors and and your uh, and your spheres. So let's uh, let's yeah. go let's go back a little bit to Metallica. Here. Um, one yeah. of the things you also mentioned, um, James's guitar stickers in the eighties. <laughs> Your, your thoughts these on these? Did come up on any episode? Uh, that's a good question. I don't think so. I've, I I have mentioned the Eat Fuck sticker because I love it, but I don't... I love Eat Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Eat Fuck's brilliant, and it's just, yeah, it's wonderful. So, James. But, but no, no. Um, Elaborate, please. Okay, so this is kind of in the spirit of, like, Woody Guthrie's This Machine Kills Fascists, <laughs> <laughs> you know, image on his guitar, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, I'm aware of five different guitars and they were specific guitars you know and these days the different bodies have you know kinds of art on them and the flames and the corrugated steel and whatever but those early guitars they were identified by fans by the sticker that they had on them and i think there are five and so the eat fuck one is i think the most prominent because he played it a lot during the black album tour and the justice tour Mm -hmm. um and then uh that's and he spells it E T F U K. And there's another one that's fuck 'em up. Oh. Classic, but a little less well known. Mm-hmm. Um there's one that says more beer, exclamation mark. And you can see that one in a couple of the photos from the eighties and nineties. Yes, I've seen he that. He has one have you seen that one? Yeah. And it's like he took gaff tape and in his indelible hef- Hetfield handwriting, that's so much a part of the band's like identity. He did that. And then uh, so fucking what? Is another one. Yeah, there's um. Have the you... one that I yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, no. So, um, just you're you're a, you know you're clearly a dedicated Alphatalica listener, and quite a few people have e- <laughs> quite a few people have emailed me. I, I say that to say this that I go on about this book too much. Um, back to the front. I don't know if you've heard me speak about I this book. I haven't read it. I haven't. Yeah. Read yeah it, okay. No. Okay. It's next time I list. pick it up. Pick it up from um. What what's your place over there? Barnes and Noble, right? Pick it up from there if they're sure, still yeah. going. Uh, are, they, are they open bookstores in New York? Is it all completely locked down? Well, bookstores were kind of going out because of online shopping yeah, before actually, the lockdown. Yeah. But in New York, most things are like open at some capacity or completely shut still. Yeah. Um, and this is as of you know February. Yeah. 21. So 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 in in the book, obviously the book's about the sort of the history of the Master Prophets, the tour, the recording, the aftermath, all that sort of yeah. stuff. And they have some shots uh, when they're in Fleming Rasmussen Studio, Sweet Silence Studio in Stockholm. And James would write on his amp as well, so he would have his settings on his amp, mm. you know, his gain and his treble, and it would just say James's shit don't touch above in sharpie <laughs> and it's like like you say james's handwriting is like so instantly recognizable isn't it that kind of spindly yeah. spidely kind of almost like on the back of a, a you know a lunchroom notebook like I, I just love it i love i love the look of his of his style like when it was his doodles that created the logo for the band yeah right with the hooks on the m a and that was like what you would do in junior high is write you know, draw the ACDC logo and the Metallica mm-hmm. logo and the margins of your notes and totally. things. So totally. it's it, it felt like a connection to the fans in some way. Mm-hmm. How we would really scribble them. Yeah. Uh, really fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's I'm... another guitar sticker I never found a, uh, a photo evidence of, but right. is allegedly out there, which is Kill Bon Jovi. Kill Bon Jovi. Okay. I wonder if yeah. that's a reference to, because they played um, before Bon Jovi at a, in 85 when they were over yes. here doing the Monsters of Rock. And um, I think they got pelted by Piss, or Jovi did. I'm pretty sure it was them. But um, look, Bon Jovi, I know they're hated on, 
I actually don't mind them. I actually think Richie Sambora is a pretty good guitar player. Like, he can write some good oh, yeah. solos. Like, you know, I live in the kind of New Jersey, New York area. Oh, There's yeah. a lot of Bon Jovi love out here. Oh, I bet. And uh, one of my first, not to talk about my acting career, I didn't plan to talk about my no, acting it, career. No, it's in interesting. I, I, no, please but do. But I do. I, one of my first ever jobs, I appear in a Bon Jovi music video. For what song? Which is out out there in the world. It, the song is called "Have a Nice Day." Oh no, I love that song. Have a nice day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it was the follow up to the the big hit sort of comeback album when he pulled a load, you know, cut his hair and. and oh, it's and my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's my life. All that. So then the follow up was called "Have a Nice Day," and the the song is fun. I, I listened to it now. A I'm times I, sorry, sorry Josie, to interrupt. I'm I, I'm clearly revealing myself as a bit of a Bon Jovi nut. It wasn't the follow up. There was an album in between called Bounce. Uh, Bounce. Oh, your favorite Bon Jovi album? Yes. Which which I yeah. There you go. I've <laughs> ragged on it. The nine eleven Bon Jovi album because most of the songs are undivided. Is about the twin towers and stuff. Yeah, but um, yeah. but you're in the Have a Nice Day. I think I've seen that video. Uh, if I remember, it's just kind of him there before that side, right? And there's like a crowd. Is there a story or? No, there's a, a story, and it really, really dates itself because <laughs> it's about the concept of the image of that smiley face logo yes, yeah, that the, appears the on cover. the album cover yeah. going viral. So this was maybe 2005, 2006. So the idea of something catching on and becoming popular all over the world because of cell phones and the internet Mm -hmm. was kind of a novel idea. Yeah. Pre this pre smartphone. So the whole video is Bon Jovi, much like James Hetfield scribbles a little smiley face image and somebody takes a picture of it and it goes viral. (laughs) Has no one seen a smiley face before? It's like a smirking smiley face. So yes, I know what it is. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's red. Yeah, it's smirking. Mm-hmm. So it's like the the hard rock version, and by the end of it, it becomes a crop circle in a field as they're helicoptering over a, a field. But I, in the video, I stick a, a sticker with a smiley face image on the back of a cop and run away. Oh, which that part I think holds up pretty well. I am totally pulling that down, and I just uh, I just googled actually Metallica Bon Jovi, and there's a quote here from James on John Bon Jovi. Quote: He's just so pretentious. Fuck, just look at his picture. There's something not right. Something falling about him. He's pulling the wool over a few folks' eyes. His Versace ad, the movie star. God, I can't take it. So there you go. Yeah, so much of their early identity was a response to those '80s rockers. Oh, uh, completely. Molly Crew, bon Jovi. Yeah, yeah. You know? an of we that. are not those guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah they hate glam. Like in the same way that guys earlier, like Kill Disco, wasn't it? That was kind of a thing. And it's like you know. Oh, totally. You know, I just I don't know if you've seen the. Um, I watched a brilliant documentary the other day on the HBO, the new Bee Gees documentary. Oh, um, I haven't. Watched oh, it. it's so good, and it's it's. I've always liked the Bee Gees, but I'm I'm actually becoming quite a Bee Gees fan now. They've they're such a good band. But I didn't realise there was this whole thing. And I think it was at the Chicago one of their stadiums. That this whole like everyone bought their disco records and they burnt like ten thousand records like on the diamond. Oh disco disco demolition. Yeah. Uh, right? Yeah. It was like a, a the baseball uh, yeah, like promo yeah. Crazy. thing, where you, and you could get a free ticket if you brought your disco record, and then they burned them. All yeah, it, <laughs> I couldn't believe it was real. I was watching it. I was like, "This actually happened," and I was like, "Googling," it, and there's all these threads about it. I was like, "God damn!" Like, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, it's be, one of those weird moments in U.S. history. Yeah, <laughs> it is, it's that prohibition, and um, you know how you let NSYNC get so popular. They're the three that I'm like, I don't really get, but you know. <laughs> 
whatever it's fine <laughs> um so uh i'm just checking what else we're going for here so um you mentioned as well like lyrics uh, that are kind of references of a song so i have mentioned before often never never land at the end of king no- nothing and stuff like that like are you a fan of that when people build a certain lineage like i don't know if you're familiar with a band they're not a New York band. They, they've always felt like a New York band to me, but I think they're from Minnesota or Minneapolis. No, from Minneapolis. The Hold Steady. Have you ever heard of them? I do know them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I saw them live once or twice. Oh, on, have you? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a big fan of them. I think they're great. But they, they're kind of a band that have a tapestry of characters that pop up in all these different songs. Metallica, not so much. But Metallica, you know, they reference Cthulhu a lot, for example, or, you know. <laughs> so, too much, in my opinion. <laughs> you think too much? Like, is this monster ever going to appear? You know? Yeah. <laughs> they've been yeah. asking him for 30 years 40 years now to to wake up <laughs> they have they, no yeah yeah maybe but... he's just he's, he's hibernating I um so. yeah i i like the metallica stuff that references other things we mentioned the bible of course so i like when they reference other people when they reference themselves i think it's hit or miss so the things that i think are successful you've talked about bowie a lot but leper messiah pulling just that lyric mm-hmm. from um ziggy as a as a title for on right on master puppets yeah is I get I, like a hint of their diverse musical tastes at the time, mm-hmm. but also like just a very cool image and title. Um, Definitely. Uh, you mentioned Ride the Lightning came from Stephen King's The Stand. Yes. One obviously based on Johnny Got His Gun. Yeah. And Enter Sandman is full of like Disney and fairy tale stuff, Snow White, Never Never Land. So it's stuff you already recognize, and then they flip it. Um, they're praying and and uh, uh, lullabies in King Nothing and Enter Sandman which are kind of the same song in my mind, which yeah. is maybe why he mockingly says off to Never Never yeah, Land at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in, uh, is it, oh, when they do the Wizard of Oz chant, is that um, Freight Ends? Uh, or Short, ooh, short ooh, Straw? I think it's Short Straw, yeah. But yeah. That it, one or the other. Oh, yeah. So, really weird. All the Lovecraft shit. Oh, yeah, okay. So but so that, so that it's hit and miss for me. Um, and then like, you know, things like just um, turns of phrase, like Moth to the Flame, and, you know, they kind of, that's an image people already have, and then they explore it. But when they borrow from themselves, they started doing a lot in load, right, uh, and reload. So they say fade to black uh, in the memory remains, right? Mm-hmm. Ash, ash, just to dust, fade to black. And then, um, oh, and it's the song Saint Anger. You get hit the lights <laughs> and fuck it all and no regrets. Yeah, you do, you do. Uh Oh, and here's one that might be a little earlier, Disposable Heroes, which uh, my, is one of my top three songs by the band. Mm. Uh, the line is, you know, bread to kill them all. So yes. maybe an early reference to. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, it's uh, it, I, I like that. I like the kind of intertextuality and the, the awareness yeah. of the past. And, you know, I don't know if. It would be weird if, you know, Metallica do another album in a few years and they reference St. Anchor in one of the songs. I don't think they're going to go that way. You know what I mean? I, I think I do think like some of their songs, they take they like will take the concept of a song and make it better. Um, for example, I think Atlas Rise, a song that I really, really dig, is a better version of uh, like My Friend of Misery, at least thematically, like what it's about. Because right. it's this per- it's, it's basically talking to this person who's martyring themselves and oh, my God, it's my life is so hard. And Atlas Rise just does a better version of that same concept, I think, lyrically, you know, lifting the world, et cetera. So in some cases, I like when they go back to the same thematic material. I like their conceptual kind of flights of fancy when they try something and with the POV or, you know, taking a 
taking an idea and doing something more abstract with it. I, I, that's my favorite kind of Metallica subject matter. Uh-huh. And, you know, something that we've um, spoken about before, collaborated on before, on Pun It, you know, we, we do these pun categories. We, we, we put two disparate things together and try and draw wordplay out of it. And I believe you've got a few little ideas, right, from 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 a world champ over here, or an American quote unquote world champ uh, of puns. Yeah, I mean, I, I I had a couple that I just was noodling on. Yeah, I, I love your categories. So I think we should end with your categories. I I'm really happy with the ones I came up with for those. Oh, excellent. Okay, um, okay. Let, let, let's start with yours. In, in the interest yeah. of like, in well, in the interest of the self cannibalization thing, I just have like two or three of each of these. Done sure, I sure. We're gonna try to get this under two hours here, um, but. Uh, sequels to songs obviously we've got the unforgiven trilogy and uh one thing that's been really fun for me is discovering all the metallica memes right oh boy. because yeah. i was stopping a fan of the band before like meme culture was really a thing except for me and my buddies yeah. so the idea of um unforgiven right as yeah. a sequel yeah, is yeah. funny to me and a good pun and then of course all the memes about the song two <laughs> like when is metallica gonna release <laughs> yeah it's very funny to me um but then I thought, oh, maybe there could be some other sequels to some songs. Uh, and these are really puns, but I don't know. They just occurred to me, mm-hmm. like uh, Carpe Diem Toddler. <laughs> right. You know, he like grew up a little bit. Or sure. Carpe Diem Teenager, you know, on each successive mm-hmm. album. Um, damage Bankrupt, or Damage in Administration, <laughs> I guess, in the UK. <laughs> damage in Arrears, yeah. Yeah, Damage in Arrears, there it is. Um, or something like, you know, uh, no, no. That was a metaphor. You weren't supposed to actually jump in the fire. Somebody call an ambulance. You know, we're, we're just trying. We're playing around with imagery here. You know, something like that. Or they have to reckon with all the damage that, you know, please turn the lights back on. I can't see my my guitar. Yeah, well, I mean, we say we, we say before about uh, Hetfield isms, though. Jump in the fire. Like, you know, he really does. Oh, so many of those. I mean, that could be a whole episode. Yeah. A yeah. long episode of just Hetfield's weird vocal things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, also what I really love are the. Um, I got to see Master Terium twice, you know, mm. uh, when oh, they yeah, yeah. do Antarium the Middle Master Puppets, which is cool, I guess. Um, and I do love the thematic links. I talked about the songs that are kind of spiritual sequels. So I have a list of songs that would be mashups that I actually think most of them would work pretty well together because they cover some of the same topics. Mm. But you can also mash up the titles. So something like The One That Never Comes and go right from one into the mm. day that never comes, I think would be pretty that cool. That would be really good, yeah. Uh, and, you know, similar kind of tunes yeah, um, yeah. in a way, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think Motor Breastscape <laughs> would be a cool mashup. Again, okay, yeah, themes. yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, one, a really earnest, you know, thing about living it your own way and one really thrashy version. Uh, speaking of Cthulhu, you know, the thing that should not dream no more. <laughs> the thing that should do no more i like yeah i like the idea of just throwing all the cthulhu songs together like that's quite nice and seeing what comes out maybe that's what will finally do yeah just put it all together the call of Um, the thing that should not nightmare long (laughs) yeah something horrible oh wait is it nightmare long did i get did i say the wrong song uh no no no. there's a few cthulhu songs though as well dream no more is it because um all nightmare long isn't a Cthulhu song technically, but um, Lovecraft spoke about like this demon dogs um, that it's a reference to. Yeah, hunt you down without mercy, and yeah. Oh, the, all the Lovecraft stuff. Yeah, again. yeah, which I thought was cool when I was a kid, but kind of holds up less for me now, knowing more about Lovecraft. You know what's crazy? How about, about um, yeah, yeah, sorry, no, just that's about Lovecraft because yeah, I agree. Politically, obviously reprehensible, but still a fascinating guy and very imaginative dude. 
he would yeah. write letters. I was reading about him the other day because I'm, I'm a huge Alan Moore fan as well. And Alan Moore's Same. did a lot of stuff um, on Cthulhu. And it's some, honestly, it's some yeah, of Alan yeah. Moore's most fucked up comics. They're really disturbing. They're really good, but they're really like, wow, like he really acts as a different plane here. Um, Lovecraft was well, a. Well, the end of Watchmen is basically. Yeah. Cthulhu, right? Yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. The sort of the vaginal monster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This kind of mind beast. Um, but. <laughs> the the squid, yeah, the squid, and um, but 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 anyway, I was reading about Lovecraft, and apparently Lovecraft would 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 write letters always. He was like, you know, love to write letters. He would often write letters that would be ninety pages long to his friends, ninety pages, and you can read them online. Wow. Like, and it's like bloody hell. It's like a novel that he would write to his friends, like, and, That's and like nowadays, Garage Inc. review yeah. podcast episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think my next podcast is just the the, the epistoral letters of Lovecraft, and I just have to say so many horrific slurs, <laughs> and I have to be quoting yeah, them. You know, you, you can solo that one. It'll be yeah. Like I don't think I don't have any so. guests that want to be on on that one. But uh, <laughs> but sorry, you're saying the mashups. Oh, the mashups. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll run through these. These are kind of silly. Uh, black and broken, beaten, scarred. I just like the sound of that. Um, I like that. Yeah. You know. Uh, and then I mentioned my friend of misery and and Atlas Rise, but my friend Atlas, I think it'd be fun to put those together. <laughs> my friend Atlas is great, yeah. And then this one, just for economy, maybe if if they go into um, Damage Bankrupt, you know the band, yeah, they yeah. have to combine their songs for austerity measures. They could they could combine their rhetoric and ask, "Am I either savage or evil?" in one song. Yeah, yeah, love it, love it. Yeah. Be fun. <laughs> That's all I have on. That. Okay, so um, for me here. yeah, no, 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 no. This this is what I like. Like, I know a lot of uh, a lot of listeners out there want to just hear me just you know go long form on Cliff Burton or whatever, which I have done in the past. Go back and check out the mega too. histories. But um, you know, we do other stuff here as well. But let's yeah. just kind of conclude, kind of wrap up now. Yeah. Um, as said before, uh, guys, I do pun it over there, and what we do is we kind of throw two categories together. So we might do. You know, I don't know. We might do planets and Tom Hanks films or whatever, and people have to see what they can come up with out there. So I just right. gave Jersey two little things here just to see what he come up with because, you know, he's so good at this, and I, and I love hearing it. So we're going to start with Metallica songs or members and fish. What, what are some of the ones you came up with here? All right, I got a, about a dozen for these categories. Let's go, so let's I've go. Got, uh, I got St. Angler. St. <laughs> Angler, love it. Should I just go through all mine? Please just go. Yeah, I, I have. Oh, okay. Sorry, I, I, I haven't actually got any, so just go. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. That's yeah. okay. That, I'll just go there. Okay. Yeah. So I've got the cod that failed. The cod that failed. Brilliant. Wherever I may row. <laughs> row. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, halibut true. <sighs> okay. Wonderful. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with these. Yeah. Uh, mahi mahi said. <laughs> mahi mahi. Okay. <laughs> yep. Enter salmon. Enter salmon. Are you kidding me right now? Beautiful. Harvoyster of sorrow. <laughs> okay. Look, he's he's a champ for a reason, people. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one. Did you know that Metallica actually wrote a song about sushi? Oh, were you aware of this, Tom? No. Yeah, it's called "Trapped Under Rice." Trapped under rice. Good lord. <laughs> and I've got all four uh, band members of the '90s here represented as well. Mm-hmm. My kind of prime Metallica year. Era. So I have James Hetfield. Yeah, yeah, Eel. Yeah. As an Eel, right? Some of them are better than others. That's good. Uh, Kirk Haddock. Haddock's brilliant. Lars Urchin. Yeah, not that great. I, no, it, it looks better on the page, but I like it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Jason Newsquid. Newsquid. <laughs> I, should, I should say as well, uh, dear listeners, that, um, uh, like, have you, um, Jersey, have you ventured into the world of other Metallica pods outside of Alpha Metallica? 
Um, I have done just begun with uh, Metal Up Your Podcast, and oh. I think those guys are great. I love listening to them on your show. Yes, um, I'm yes. more align in alignment with um, with uh, uh, Clint and um, Ethan. And Ethan, of course, Ethan. Yeah. yeah. Um, particularly uh, Ethan, I think he like brings a cool perspective to it as a you know musician and stuff. Um, but I, I just started listening to their show. That yeah. Uh, again, I'm just dipping my toes back into the Metallica world. No, again. no, no. And it's like they're they're my bros. Like they're they're people that I they're love. Fantastic. Uh, you know, and they are fantastic podcasters. They are rightly the number one Metallica podcast. It is a privilege for me to go on their show, and you know, I count them as good friends. And, um, and and yeah, I mean, there are loads of Metallica podcasts out there, but that was the only one I was really going to reference other than myself there. And the only reason I really bring that up is, you know, both they're great guys and, you know, go for their archive and check it out. But also Clint has been on Punnet. I don't know if you're aware of that. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, which I, I might have heard him. Yeah, you would have heard, if you've listened to all the episodes. Yeah, um, yeah. I've listened to every Punnet. Yeah, yeah. So definitely. you listen to every episode. So, so he, yeah, he, so... I kind of want to get an episode with you two guys, and I think you just your sense of humor is very similar, so I think you blend well. But um, so so if you if you guys you know if you guys like what you heard just now, um, go back and check out Clint. I'm going to try and find the episode that he was on there. But um, just as I do that, we were also going to do Metallica songs and members and horror films. So uh, what did you come up for the, this one, Jersey? Yeah, I think you got about ten to twelve of these two. All so, right. Um, the shortest saw. Uh, yeah. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre of Puppets. <laughs> Massacre of Puppets, yeah. Uh, Blitzscream. Blitzscream is nice. Yeah. Uh, Psychonide. Psychonide, yeah. I've got uh, No Remos Ferratu. <laughs> <laughs> Remos Ferratu, yeah. Love it. Some of these are just... No, no I mean, look, look, look I'm, I'm sure there's some eye-rolling going on here, but this is kind of what it's about, you know, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad this isn't happening at the height of the run of the show. Yeah, when, you yeah, know, yeah. you're at the M's or whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, speaking of the M's, I've got Mummy Said. Mummy Said's nice. Yeah. Uh, drag me to help Leas. <laughs> okay, yeah. Word to, word to Sam Raimi, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Blair Whiplash Project. Mm. And... Uh, Okay, this one I think doesn't even count as a pun because I believe the song is based on this movie or slash book, but of Wolfen Man. Um, of Wolf. Well, you know, I'm a I'm a giant Tom Waits fan, and his first ever well, no, sorry, not his first, but one of his earliest appearances was in Wolfen. Yes, it is. He's, uh, he's Tom. A, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but I am also a massive Tom Waits fan. Are, massive. <laughs> are you Are you aware that I have a Tom Waits podcast? I am. I'm aware, but I haven't yet begun to <laughs> oh, into it until dude. I wanted to tell you before I started. Are we, are we like soulmates or something? What's going on right now? Are, like... Between the puns, Metallica and Tom Waits. Yeah, it's there's crazy. a lot of similar taste here. Oh yeah, which yeah. is why I can't believe you don't like the Outlaw Torn. But we'll we'll move on. Yeah. Um, are, you, are you also a Hootie and the Blowfish <laughs> fanatic? Because that's the, that's all four right now. I like them. I think they're I think they're underrated. And I, I get think a good band. I, I like Hootie. I, I have the album on vinyl. I know you're not a vinyl guy. You listen to everything on streaming. But, I, uh, I... <laughs> God, you know everything about me, yeah. Um, I just I listen to your shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no. Okay, so. um, I, I only know their debut, Cracked Review, but I, I think it's actually kind of a masterpiece. But yeah. Um, it's fantastic. It yeah, is fantastic. Great. Um, and I, ju- I just found the Clint episode as well. I'm sure you've heard it, but it's episode 28. And I just saw the categories. Oh. We did movie monsters and men's names and birds and lead singers. So those are some good categories there. 
good categories. Yeah, I definitely remember the episode, but I guess it didn't register to me. Yeah, that it or was. Or maybe him. that's when I heard about your podcast. Maybe I think it would have been before. Yeah, it would have been before you you got into it. So, um, okay, those were great. So we will just um, wrap up now, Jersey, as we always do. With a sorry, few... I have two more times. Oh no, excuse more. me. Sorry for tread on puns. Please go. <laughs> it's fine. We haven't got long enough. Um, I've got no leaf clover field. Love it. <laughs> no leaf clover. And, Speaking of, you know, uh, uh, Lovecraft shit. And then uh, my, I'm going to close with my personal favorite is the Bob Rock Duke. <laughs> the Bob Rock Duke. I actually haven't seen the Bob Duke. I've heard it's very good. Oh, it's fun. Yeah, it's a yeah. good, you know, yeah. it's a modern classic, I think, okay. along okay. with along with the other ones that are up there. The Quiet Hereditary Place or whatever. Oh, Hereditary, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so um, quick five questions that we end every episode with. Yeah. What's your favorite song, Metallica song? Okay, again, unfair question. Uh, it's been different over the years. Uh, I love the anti-war stuff. I love the high concept stuff. I think I just I have to say one. I mean, mm. it's the best version of all of that stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. But others up there would be Disposable Heroes and um, Creeping Death, and you know, just the yeah ride kind of the, yeah. I mean, all of those justice. all of those are untouchable. Um, your favorite album. Favorite album is probably Puppets. Not probably. It's definitely Master Puppets. There's just nothing even questionable on there it's just so solid and the songs are so great and i just go back to it the most yeah it's just it's undeniable i completely agree it's fantastic um favorite member uh phil toll phil <laughs> zone it <laughs> <laughs> no uh i mean that's changed over the years too um i think i'm gonna say like there's no metallic without lars and james i love james um but i think i'm gonna say lars weirdly enough even though James is the punter and kind of the heart of the band. Mm. Um, I just, uh, uh, it's so close. Okay. I'll say James because this is a James podcast. I'll say James. <laughs> <laughs> um, They're both I, fantastic. And seeing the band live, you said you've seen them four times, right? Yeah. Four times between 97 and 2000. So yeah, I saw the cunning stunts tour in Milwaukee. Um, I didn't get the live uh, fuel preview that's on that DVD. We got uh, Wasting My Hate instead, which was pretty cool. I saw mm. Wasting My Hate live. And uh, we didn't know if it was an accident that the guy was on fire. So that was kind of fun. That was Valentine's Day. I went with my high school girlfriend. I thought it would be a really good date. Mm. Um, and then I saw the Reload Tour, uh, also in Milwaukee, in um, 98. And that was a fantastic tour. They they were prepping for S&M. So we got Thing That Should Not Be and some uh, Blackened, which they hadn't played for like 10 years mm-hmm. uh, like for all the 90s basically they didn't play it um bread fan just like some great i think i'm mixing up some of the set list now and then i saw them in 2000 um also in milwaukee at the beginning of the year the, in the m2k tour and that was all another phenomenal set list and that was like a group of people went you know which was kind of fun um, and that was when they were touring Garage Inc. and S&M and Load and Reload. So the set list is kind of weird from a modern standpoint. But I saw No Leaf Clover and 2x4, mm. uh, the last live performance of 2x4 ever. I saw that. I, look, I, <laughs> I, I, I actually really like 2x4. Uh, it, right. it was the first episode of the show, actually. Um, that, it was, yeah. That, that, that I covered way back when. Um, and it's, it, it's weird, isn't it? Because... Metallica love to revisit their anniversaries and, you know, we're coming up really to the Black Album um, to mm-hmm. madly, f- what's it going to be, 30 years? Um, 30 years of the Black 
this year, isn't it? Thirty years, right? Ninety one. Ninety one. Yeah, yeah it'll be this year. Um, so, uh, you know, I know load and reload mean more to you and I know load and reload mean so much to so many people. I think I've spoken to so many Metallica fans from across the world, but mostly from the U S and mostly, you know, your kind of age bracket that were kind of in their teens, late teens, early twenties when the album was coming out that, you know, those albums and it means so much to them. Like they will be remiss when the world reopens, not to do some sort of load anniversary, right? Just play the whole record. Oh man, I that would, would go. Be, yeah. Would right. That would get people in the seats. I think. Not that they need Ronnie to, but... live. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Here, I mean, some of these songs. I I honestly think there's a lot of clunkers. Like I don't care about attitude, but no. um, th- th- some of them are just so great. And I, I again, I admire a band as a Tom Waits fan. You gotta appreciate a band that pushes themselves like, against kind of what they're known for and yeah. does new things. And yeah, yeah. You and know. what you know, as... Tom Waits can make albums. You know, make instruments out of garbage. Why can't Metallica record some songs that are garbage? <laughs> it's you know, it's funny you say because that's what that's what I say. You might have heard me say it on quite a few episodes. Like when we get into say anger and people, are like, oh, I can't listen to it. It sounds like garbage. It sounds like it's made in a junkyard. It's like I'm a Waits fan. Like you know what I mean? That's yeah. what his drums sound <laughs> like. So I, I, I think you. I was just predisposed to that. You know what I mean? So it's like you know, yeah, have you heard Mule Variations? In my eyes, one of the best albums ever recorded. But it's like it's 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 got a very tinny sound on percussion. Um, but but you know whatever. Oh, so, so um, uh, final question then. I mean, I know you do um, a punk cast, uh, punk cast as it were, um, which is very. Yeah. Okay, let's talk, just for answer the final question. Talk about that for a brief. That's a brilliant podcast you do with your brother, right? Yeah. So it used to be more regular. It's a little bit now in the kind of alphabetalica zone where we'll <laughs> yeah. every know, six months like... episodes and release them occasionally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my brother, my younger brother Jordan, and I will just do two topics. So it's it's sort of like what. We don't do the mashups like you do on Punnet or that we just did, hmm. but we'll pun on a topic and we'll each kind of give each other a topic. So we'll do, you know, Marvel characters and types of liquor. Yeah. And and kind of go back and forth. And they're like, you know, tight 20 minute episodes where we just banter and talk shit at each other as brothers, too. So a lot of it's about us. Yeah, it's, re- know, it's very fun. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a really funny show as well. I loved it. Yeah, some of the older episodes, we like talk about the philosophy of puns and things like that. But uh, yeah, that's a, that's a really fun one. Um, but yeah, I'm a podcaster. I, uh, have done kind of various shows and appeared on various shows and pun shows and things over, over the years. And, uh, I love, you know, kind of people that make their own content and put it out there and I love doing it myself. So, uh, kudos to you, Tom, for your, your 12 podcasts you got going. Oh no, I know. I know. It's, uh, it's an undiagnosed condition. I think that, that maybe in 10 years people will realize addiction to podcasts is a sign of something, uh, something quite wrong. So, um, you, uh, you know, clearly a big music fan as well. If you were to do a podcast like Alpha Metallica, a band that you love, what are some band or bands that you would cover? Um, so you've taken weights and Metallica from me. Uh, yeah. Can't, kind of- and, and Hootie and Hootie. Yeah. And Hootie. You're right. I don't know if there's a, a Hootie uh, podcast, but, um, so I think for me it would be – I love the Stones, but there's a lot of Stones stuff out there already and people that know a lot more about yeah. them. Same with Dylan. Um, so for me, I'd say the Beach Boys. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is your favorite band's favorite band. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I uh, – an amazing story, amazing history. They do, they do. I basically um, think the Beach yeah. Boys, if Phil Toll had like taken control of James Hetfield's life – that's basically what happened to Brian Wilson and uh, you know, kind of a tragic and then redemptive story for them. It's just an amazing story and great music. It is. It is. And um, you know, beach boys, I've, I've always enjoyed them, but it's funny you mentioned that literally this weekend, 
I got my friend who's a giant Beach Boys fan to make me a big Beach Boys playlist, uh, and I listened to it walking my dog. Because the reason, I, the reason I asked him was on Spotify, um, a Beach Boys song came up uh, on Beach Boys Today. It's a cover. I'm so young. I don't know if you've heard that song by them. And it's like a cover. Okay. It's a cover of a, an old doo-wop song by the students, and it is absolutely heartbreakingly beautiful. And I loved it. And he gave me this podcast, um, this playlist. Sorry, and I have been listening to Friends. Um, yes. Which, like, I can't believe how experimental and weird it is. Like, I always thought they were just kind of not. I, I know that it's like when people are like the beat. Oh, the Beatles just Hamburg or whatever the mop tops. I know they've. Excuse me, they've got many sides to them, but. There's like quite surreal instrumentals on it alongside all the They're, happy stuff. Like they've got a lot of range. They're a great beautiful band. Harmonies. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the harmonies. Jeez. I mean, the Beach Boys are the American Beatles. Yes, um, definitely. The, the idea that they came up in a very popular style, very much of where they're from, you know, the surf rock thing or the kind of the mop top, you know, I want to hold your hand stuff, which they were great at writing that and then totally evolved. And, you know, the kind of story of the, they might be a little apocryphal, but the one-upsmanship between the Beatles and the Beach Boys yeah. where albums successfully came out. And then, and then the the lost album Smile that was the response yeah, to Sergeant yeah. Pepper, like drove Brian Wilson in quotes crazy. And then we got it in two thousand and four. He like surprise played it yeah, yeah, at a yeah. live show and recorded it. Just amazing story, you know. Um, so I'd love to do one on them. And then the other band slash artist that I would do. I don't know if there's a lot of crossover here either, mm. but I'm a massive fan of Bjork or Bjork. Oh, okay, as yeah, she- some say. Yeah, a little bit of a blind spot for me. I respect her, but um, but I know she's a, a genius, yeah. She's fantastic. And so kind of similarly, you know, um, to Metallica Waits, that kind of teenage, early 20s time, maybe a little later, I was so massively into her stuff. And again, an artist that's constantly innovating that I have a lot of respect for her. Um, and she's she, I, I'm just everything she puts out is more successively impressive and heartbreaking and stuff. Mm. So. She's a big one for me, too. So I guess, uh, finally, um, you know, it's been a great, great discussion. I'm really happy to have had you on the show. Like, what about uh, any sort of platforms? I know you've spoken about your podcast before. Where can people find your stuff? Oh, yeah. So um, you can follow me on Twitter, JGWZ. Um, Maybe there'll be more Metallica content there for Metallica fans, but uh, there's not so much right now. Um, The one thing that's sort of musical that I did was a show with my friend Sam that, uh, spoiler alert, we didn't succeed at at making it through the year, but we tried to do a a parody version of We Didn't Start the Fire for every week of 2020. Um, It's called Week Didn't Start, and it was, it, it, what a year to pick, you know. We made it to about November, so by the time I think this comes out, all some version of all the songs will be out up there, but it got really hard around summer time. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. So you can hear us slowly drive ourselves crazy doing that project and sort of wishing we hadn't decided to do it. And then I've got a live streaming YouTube show and also the back um, episodes are available. It's called Vocabulary and it's like a variety show about language. So there's punning, but also if you're interested in words and wordplay and like amateur linguistics, interviewing real linguistics and other professionals about language and playing games and doing songs and stuff like that. um, That's a fun show, but that's on YouTube as a vocabulary Terrific, terrific. Well, um, I'll be there. yep, guys, seek that out. And also, Jersey has been on my pun podcast, as has Clint. Jersey's been on for two episodes. Clint's been on for one. Hopefully, I'm going to get the guys together and uh, go and check that out. Go and check out all the old Alf Metallica episodes as well that we've referenced, all the old songs that we referenced, all the discussions. We'll be back in the future soon. I need to conclude my hard, my worldwide doodle tour. 
uh, catalogue. I've got the final leg to get through. Obviously, the Worldwide Tour is still technically ongoing, but um, as it's in hiatus at the moment, we're going to try and complete that. Uh, at MetallicaPod, MetallicaPod.gmail.com, Patreon, iTunes, leave us a review, check us out over there. Finally, Jersey, thanks so much. This has been great. Thank you, Tom. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for the show. I'm sorry for going on so long. I have so much to talk about. The no, this has been great. This is, what I, this is what I want. This is exactly what I wanted it to be, the sprawling one. This okay, has been great. great. Thanks so much. All right.